goes brother i'm good how are you doing really well you were one point my advisor okay i forgot that i could look at you i was looking this way and i was like oh wait a minute you're right in front of me i love (laughs) it man um what have you been up to in life what's been uh really really making your heart happy oh gosh that's i feel like that's two different questions uh i guess up to in life um kind of the usual stuff so like you said i was your advisor when you were here hey congratulations by the way graduation (laughs) i've never seen you since then yeah it's been a while wow glad we made this happen you're so much older and wiser it's amazing uh so just have been working here um i work as as an associate head advisor in the college of public health and human sciences so i was here over the summer we did a lot of orientation so welcoming new students in um, and kind of showing them around and what the, what to expect as they're going forward. And now you got a class that you're going to start teaching. Yeah, I got a class. So that's that's the heart happy part, I guess, which is still things been going on. But um, so like I have the opportunity to teach a class this fall. Started on Wednesday, nice. um, Mondays and Wednesdays, but the first day was Wednesday. It's called um, Imperfect and Thriving, and it's based on a book by Dr. Brené Brown. I don't know if you're familiar with her work or not. I have. Uh, but it's uh, the gifts of imperfection is the the, the text that we use. And uh, it's, so it's a professional development, or not professional, a personal development nice. um, book. And so working with first-year freshmen through that and the context of um, that, finding your imperfections and embracing them, but also how that relates to being uh, a college student for the first time, coming to the institution and creating community. That so kind of stuff. what's so. at the core of it, embracing your imperfections? Yeah, so essentially, like the crux of the book, and this is like obviously oversimplifying it, but is that no one's perfect obviously everybody has their imperfections and how do we let those define us and do we let them define us negatively or positively and so embracing the person that we are um and kind of tying that into you have this fresh ish start at an institution at a university um you're on your own some people for the first time ever um a lot of our students at least are like in the residence hall so they're literally moved away from home for the first time on their own and kind of discovering who they are um, as maybe opposed to who they thought they were or who they thought they should be or who they've been told they should be. And so coming into your own while also having to navigate this monster of a thing that is university, institution, life kinds of stuff. How to go when you went to college? Did you experience that? Um, or would this have been helpful for you, I guess? Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I guess I don't say it's a good question after every time you ask a question, but I probably will. Um, I think it would have it would have benefited me. I think I didn't really uh, have any sort of experience with personal development um, really until I graduated college. Um, and not that my family was against that kind of an idea, but my parents were both kind of that you you figure your stuff out and you deal with it on your own. Um, and so and so I, I did that for a while, or I should say, I guess I tried to do that. Um, but I think these kinds of things, like just as simple as, and we've talked about this before, um, just as simple as things, um, thinking about yourself and your worth and what makes you happy and what you love to do, um, as opposed to just assuming you have to go one particular direction or thinking you have to be X person or Y person or Z person, um, you can kind of create your own um destiny in a sense yeah so i think that would have been helpful for me because i i wasn't necessarily lost when i started college but i definitely had an idea of what i probably should be and who people probably wanted me to be um and i didn't 
really like that necessarily until I started meeting other people that allowed me to be who I was. Um, and that really helped. And I think if I had had an opportunity, like this is not me trying to pump up our class too much, but, um, I think if I had taken that, frankly, initially I would have been like, I don't need this. This is not a, you know, I can do this on my own or I don't need somebody, some book telling me how to feel good or whatever. Um, but I think I would have gotten over that if I had been willing to embrace, uh, just the idea that there was a possibility to think about who I was and who I could be. Do you think it would have just jumpstarted you to the place that you got when you were 28? I think so. I, yeah, I think it took me a while. I guess it's it's been nice. Um, I feel like I've been somebody who, <laughs> a, I don't know if this sounds like a weird humble brag. Um, another thing we talked about before is I've thought about, I always uh, reevaluate what I think and what I believe kind of all the time. And I've been doing that for a while. I remember doing that in high school, just kind of, why do I think X and what if somebody thinks why? What does that mean? And would that change my mind? And it means they're wrong and I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're out of my life for good. Um, but so I, I tend to really kind of evaluate and reevaluate my values and my positions. Um, and I just that's the thing that I've done naturally for whatever reason. I don't really have a somebody who told me to do that, or like my parents or my grandparents or whatever, or, or an adult that did that. I guess some I just decided I should be questioning what I'm doing a lot. It doesn't um, help a lot in high school because you really no. don't. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to do it in high school because you're kind of on, especially in public school, no disrespect to public school uh, teachers or anything, but like you, there's a pathway that you go down, right? Mm-hmm. There's kind of a linear direction. And if you veer from that, then you're kind of either gently or non-gently pushed back into that uh, general direction you, you should, quote unquote, be going. Um, so that was, I mean, that was difficult too. I feel like this is... Uh, I was on a run the other day and I was listening to um, an app and they were talking about this guy um, and how he really bucked trends and was kind of his own person. And somebody described him as a positive rebel. And I was like, oh, I'm going to steal that because that's what I I like that title of positive rebel because I think that my natural inclination is to question anything that happens, especially if somebody says you have to do this, even if it's a positive thing, like you have to give me a hug. I'm like, why? Like instantly and not negatively. Why? But just kind of, I guess when somebody, uh, exerts authority for any reason, my natural inclination is to question why they're doing it. Um, and whether I actually have to do that or not. Well, the funniest Um, thing is that's so ingrained in human nature that if people put up signs that say no littering, it increases littering (laughs) just for people want to exercise their freedom. And like signs, not going to fucking tell me what to do. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting that that's, that's how we're wired. Yet people always still tell each other what to do. Right. You know, like if I told you, Hey, you should come on my show then. Yeah, I think I, you'd be less inclined to come on the show if it was like, hey, I'd love to have you on the show sometime. Right. People do the not. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. People hate being told what to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I fall into that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think for a while, I think people sometimes misconstrue that as me trying to be a nonconformist or mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do my own thing, which is partially true. But I think a lot of it is just like the idea of what a positive rebel. When I heard that phrasing, I was like, oh, yeah, it means that you still want to create positive change, but you want to do it in a way that isn't the way the people are going to tell you you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen, this is something that maybe is up your alley. Have you seen, there's a documentary, uh, about a guy that climbs El Capitan, the face of El Capitan. Free um, solo. Free, yeah. Free solo. I, I have you seen free solo? Uh-huh. Oh, you would like it. But my yeah. roommates were so into rock climbing while I was here at OSU. Yeah. Um, and they really liked Alex Honnold and all that. So like I saw bits and pieces of like him talking. Yeah. Okay. But I just never watched it. I feel like, I feel like you would enjoy that if you saw it. Um, and if you're, if you've kind of heard about it already, you might uh, enjoy it as well. But there's a part in it that this reminds me of as we're talking where um, he's with, I think, his sister, I want to say, or his somebody that's close to him and a couple of their kids. 
and uh, they say they're trying to encourage the kids of whatever gonna, they're going to do. I think they're carving pumpkins or something. I'm ruining the story, but uh, <laughs> and they're talking about how it's going to be fun, and they're like, "Alex, it's going to be fun, right?" And he's like, "I mean, I think so." Yeah. And usually the response, like when you're trying to increase like little kids, is like, "Yeah, totally, we're going to do this and this." And they're like, "Why do you have to be like that?" Like kind of jokingly. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I like to have fun. I don't like being told to have fun." Yeah. And I was like, "I completely get that." Even though it sounds like like if somebody had said that to you, you'd be like, "That's kind of a dick thing to say." Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, like, yeah. Yeah, I want I want to have fun all the time. But if somebody tells me you're going to have fun doing this, my reaction will be like, I'm probably not, not going to. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hate this. If you were like, come on my fun show, I'd sit down and be like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. I hate this yeah. show. I'm not going to listen to it. Well, which brings us to a really good point um, of thought loops and kind of like uh, how your thoughts become reality, which is something you did when you hit 20. I kind of alluded that to yeah. before. Um, so I guess we so so just as a small background, I mean, me and Nelson have done this show before, before this show became this show with right. one Minor mic. <laughs> yeah. Quadruple A. <laughs> so, uh, so you started saying, you started the mantra. Yeah. What is it? How did it come about? And Yeah. Um, so when I was about 28, and I don't know why that's like the age that I decided to do this. It, was, it wasn't like a plan of like, it's been 10 years since I graduated <laughs> high school or whatever. Um, but I was about then and I started thinking about um, like the thing, like the things that I think that I have as strengths and maybe where my um, non-strengths are. Uh, and then what I, uh, how I should be looking at the world and do I want to be like, I want to be a good person, right? I think everybody hopefully does. I shouldn't say that most people probably want to be good people. Um, but what can I do to kind of ensure that I'm being a good person that I'm giving people my, my all and my energy when I'm, when I'm with them. And I started thinking about the things that I don't do enough that I feel like I probably should. And I thought I'm not grateful enough for things that I have or things that I can do or just my general, um, uh, privilege overall. Um, and I'm not patient enough. Uh, I, am in a hurry a lot of times and I want to, I want this to happen now or soon, um, rather than giving it time and grace. And I'm not, uh, uh, I don't give enough. I'm not generous enough, um, in that like my time is my own time when I'm like not at work or when I'm by myself or whatever. And so I think I was, I was thinking I need to be better at those three things. And so I started saying, um, in the morning on my drive to work, I'd start saying, be grateful, be patient, be generous, be grateful, be patient, be generous. And I would just say that over and over. Um, nobody was in the car with me, mind you, just me by myself. Um, but I would say that, you know, I'd started saying it a lot. Like I would just say it kind of for out loud, out loud, nice. out loud. Yeah. And I realized that's uncomfortable for some people. So I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. Um, and I probably wouldn't do it if people were around. Like I wouldn't just say it like on the max train in Portland, like, because then people would, you know, call or whatever. But uh, I would say that out loud to myself quite a bit. And then I would go to work and then I would say it out loud to myself on the drive home um, just so it would be in my brain. Like these are the things that you need to work on and you should be and you should be practicing how you can do that during your day. So it's not enough just to say it, obviously. But if I, I felt like if I say it enough and I hear it enough, I would start thinking, OK, I probably should actually do this, too, as opposed to just, you know, give it lip service or whatever, like walk the walk and talk the talk. And then after a while, I felt like I could start saying it less because I noticed that I was doing those kinds of things more. Like I was more patient and I was more generous and I was more grateful about things or I would take time to recognize that somewhere. And so eventually it came, became a thing that I still I still kind of say from time to time now. Do you um, have a new one? Uh, not yet. Uh, I, I keep thinking, yeah, I probably should have another one because if I've gotten to the point where I don't feel like I need or whatever, this yeah. main one that I've had for such a long time. Um, I probably should work on something else because everybody's always a work in progress. Well, what I'm so curious about is yours says yours is like a thing to be be, um, but I have I've kind of been creating one partially yeah. big uh, in big part because of the first time we had this and you told me about it. Yeah. But mine is I'm happy, I'm healthy, and I'm wealthy. Yeah, because 
I mean, just, just the way that you think about yourself, if you like, um, one of my talks with Nick Allen, the psychology guy at mm-hmm. a U of O, he was saying the, the idea of pathology of like, oh, I'm sick or like, mm-hmm. am I knees injured? And then you start babying it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, like, like what you, what you kind of think of it kind of becomes reality. But I'm curious that your, your terminology behind it is to be it. So you're like telling yourself to make the jump. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm all, I'm like, just kind of like, not like lying to myself. Like I am happy. <laughs> um, I'm pretty healthy and I'm like, I'm going to be wealthy someday, you know? <laughs> uh, but, but it's, 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 I don't know. And I guess we should, how would you even do a study on this? Just have a bunch of people Ooh. say, I, I have knee pain. I have knee pain yeah. or, um, I'm going to have knee pain and see which one eventually develops it. I guess so. Yeah. Maybe you have a control group where you're told that like everything is fine and like, just keep going about your day. And you have a group that you tell, um, like they don't know, but you're like, Oh, by the way, we've did some studies on your knee and we noticed that your knee is, um, slowly, uh, Gonna, you're going to be in a bad place in a year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like then they a, tell and like see if they actually develop knee pain. I right. bet they would. That's Probably, so. Right? Placebo is nuts. Yeah. And yeah. then you look <laughs> into it and you think, okay, the pow- the mind's a pretty powerful thing. Like, yeah. I mean, do you ever do meditation or any of those kind of things? Yeah. Did I? Yeah. Uh, yes. Did I tell you this story before? I can't remember about my mom and meditation. Uh-uh. I didn't tell you. Okay. This is this is off topic from where you're going with it, but we have time, right? Um, this is. I'll make it quick. Um, when I'm I was not going in, anywhere. With <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, when I was in high school, um, so I, I think I would have been like 15 or 16. Um, is when I started to think about getting into meditation just because it's, uh, it, I feel like it would relax me. And I have one, I feel like you and I are the same and then we have brains that are kind of going all the time. And so having to consciously make it slow down just to be able to kind of, you know, breathe kind of thing. So I started to look into meditation and my, mo- my mom and I were parked at a grocery store. I remember this so vividly for some reason, even though it was a while ago. And she was driving and I was in the passenger seat and uh, I, she was ready, getting ready to go in, like kind of looking at her list or whatever. And I was like, I'm going to meditate now. I didn't say it out loud, but I thought I'm going to meditate just to practice because I'm not going to go in the store with her. So um, I closed my eyes and like kind of sat there in the seat. My mom goes, what are you doing? Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm going to try meditating. And she was like, I hope you're joking. But very <laughs> serious. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. Like, why, why, what a weird reaction to that. Like, I thought she was just being funny. Um, and she goes, no, I'm serious. I hope that you're joking. You better not be meditating. What? And I was like, what? Like, like, like that. I was like, pardon me? And she's like, you can't meditate. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm going to try. And she's like, no, I mean, you cannot meditate. Do you know why? And so, and so serious. And I'm like, no. And very curious. Like, what's, I have no idea what this answer is going to yeah. be. She could say anything. And she goes, that's when the devil's thoughts get in your head. <laughs> and I was like, and it's one of those things where you feel like you're watching a movie. Like I'm, like, I'm making the story up. And I was like, I don't even know how to respond to that. Like, I didn't say that because I was a dumb 15-year-old kid. So I was like, shut up or whatever. Yeah. Um, but she was like, I'm serious. Like, started to get emotional about it. She was oh, like, I will not allow you to let the devil's thoughts get in your head. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to meditate. And she's like, good, don't do it when I'm in the store. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so that was my introduction to meditation was that the devil's thoughts get in your head. That's so, so funny. My response to exact things like that where you're like, you're like, okay, this is too much to even dismiss this. You know, this is it's like, I just like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> right. Because you, we'll like, you give the person the point. You like concede. Yeah. You're like, okay, yes, yes. But then you're like, yeah, maybe. It just cuts things off. And it's like, all right, this is done. Yeah. So that's kind of been a fun We'll come thing. back to this. Yeah. So did you meditate? Uh, not that day oh because <laughs> I was so terrified. She'd like walk out and like look out the, the, the door of the store and be like, I told you not to and, like yell and like my friends would be around or something. So I guess sat there and like stewed about how my life was terrible or whatever. Cause I was an annoying teenager. But, um, What's but so, after that, yeah, I got into meditation a little bit more. <laughs> That's so funny. You, you come to anything, uh, conclusions from it or like what was it brought to um, you? I mean, I think for me, uh, it, it helps, uh, do you know, this is related kind of to this, but so for me, like it helps to try and meditate, but still when it's me doing it, like this sounds weird maybe, but me doing it to myself, 
I find that difficult because my, my brain still wants to do things. So it's hard for me if it's guided meditation, yeah. then I can do it. Ah. But if it's me trying to like be the one to control the meditation, it's hard mm-hmm. because I feel like I can hear part of my brain being like, dude, not right now, mm-hmm. any other time, which is not true. Like not any other time, but it's like, we got, we got stuff to do, even though I know that's incorrect. Yeah. And I, and I like in, inherently I'm like, please leave me alone. Just, just give me five minutes. Okay. But here's the thing we have, like, I got to go do this thing. We have to eat. Aren't you hungry? I'm pretty hungry. We got to go for a run. You didn't run this morning. Like that's happening while I'm trying to do it. Yeah. What kind of meditation do you do? Sam Harris's uh, or? No, I, it kind of, it varies. I like, there's an app, um, that, uh, Andy Puttycomb does called, uh, Oh shoot. Why is that? Ah, you might not use me. it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, uh, I remember the guy's name because well, whatever, used to whatever be a the Tibetan app is, monk, it just I, it just kind of like talks you through like yeah, you're calm, you're yeah. unclenching because that's the biggest thing with meditation right. I've realized is like mm-hmm. even when you like sit down and you like lay down, yeah, you still like have like different layers to like unclench your yeah, body. Yeah, absolutely. I have to actually I work on that too because I'll realize like even just just I've been doing it a couple of times even just sitting here because I'll get animated and I'm like what and my shoulders go up and I'll be like oh dude, oh, and then just kind of it feels back. so good. Yeah, and you don't realize it until. You're like, oh, I was locking my knees the whole time for reasons. <laughs> but the know. funny thing about it is you could be negative. Like, oh, man, why did I let myself do that? Or you could think of like the fun of it. Like the relaxation feels good because of the tension, yeah, right. you know, which is why I've been kind of like almost enjoying like times of like, oh, man, like my neck's tweaked or like things like <laughs> that. You can be like, man, that's going to be really good. When, <laughs> yeah. when I go to the chiropractor, it's going to be great. Yeah, or I'm just like, 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 yeah, like I, I think I like clench my, my stomach like a lot, like not even like clench it but i'm like sitting like actively mm. and then I like really relax i'm like oh my god good <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i don't know I, I haven't really been i haven't per se meditated but i've been really interested in going to a vipassana retreat where it's 10 day silent oh, meditation yeah. mm-hmm. um and i really want to go to a one day one but they don't let you go to the shorter ones until you've gone to a 10 day one so oh, interesting. i don't know uh, a friend of mine i'm, I'm gonna go with a couple of people i'm gonna try to get a car ride together because it's up in seattle mm-hmm. um one of my friends is like i'm gonna bring lsd to that i'm like that would be my personal hell to be five <laughs> hours away from home not allowed to talk not allowed yeah. to di- dictate what i'm doing or eat or anything and just sit down for eight to ten hours i'm like yeah, yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> that's the title of this episode yeah maybe <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. No, but, uh, but I like it. So what have you been, what have you been working on? Have you been working on anything mentally or just kind of going through your life? Um, I think a lot of it has come at the forefront of planning for this class. Uh, because a lot of it is, you know, I know the things that I do for myself and I know what works for me and what doesn't work for me. And so when it comes to like the planning of, cause a lot of the class, it's not really an academic class per se. Like it's not chemistry where you're like, these are the facts and we're going to test you on them and then we're going to do whatever. Um, like the first day of class we were like, we don't really have quizzes. We don't really have test we're going to kind of we, we have a couple of projects and papers and stuff but mostly we're going to be talking about stuff um and really like there's it's hard to have a wrong answer when you ask somebody like are you allowed to feel feelings like when you're growing up were you allowed to feel feelings or not and what does that mean to you when i even say that like are you is it okay for you to be sad do you yeah. when you get sad now are you angry that you're sad mm-hmm. or when you were growing up or do you feel now you hear a voice that maybe is yours or somebody else's saying you shouldn't be angry about this or control yourself or something like that. Um, and that's just like one example, obviously, but, the um, complexity of like having a guilt for feeling something. Right. Yeah, exactly. Ah. Um, or like one of the, some of the questions that we have are things what's the like, solution to it. What's the, what's the workaround? Is it just like, Hey, stop feeling guilty about it. <laughs> I think it's more like, I, I mean, as a, as an advisor, like, and you probably can attest to this. I actually have a question about advising later on. If, if you remember. Yeah. Um, but, uh, as an advisor, uh, what I tend to do is I don't think that I give, 
people like you should do this or mm-hmm. you should do this. I feel like what I like to do is say, here are the things that you can do. You can do option A, option B, option C, and then go from there. Like, what's best for you? You choose that because you know yourself better than I know you. So it might make more sense for you to do Psych 381 now. Yeah, but here's the thing. People don't like choice. I what? started wearing pretty much the same outfit every day. <laughs> like people like, I mean, if you have too many options of like you open up the fridge and it's completely full, mm-hmm. you just go for top ramen. You know, like, like people <laughs> right. don't like choice. Yeah, true. Very true. Um, and I, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and so if I, that's the way that I should say that I will start out that conversation is you can do this or you can do this. And if there's like a, a, a definite hesitation to the point where I've not a hesitation, like because they're not going to make the decision because they don't want to, then it'll be, well, okay. So then if you do this, this is probably what will happen. If you do this, this is probably what will happen. And then I'll kind of leave it like hanging uh, a pregnant pause, if you will. Um, and then see the reaction to that. And if the reaction comes back and it's like, you can just kind of tell after doing this for a while, I feel like like, and I'm not like I can read people or anything, but <laughs> I feel like I can recognize what the reaction's probably going to be. Yeah. So if it feels like they're just going to be stagnant and do nothing, then I'll say, okay, why don't we think about this? And then this is like, I lay out the entire like next four years of your life. This is what could happen from here. Yeah. Hypothetically, yeah. obviously this one you could take be chem this term. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. We'll see what happens. Um, and then if there's still like, if, the, if it gets to all of those points and there's still nothing that I'm getting from that person, not in a negative sense, but just I can tell, like, you, like you're saying, they don't want to, they're not going to make that choice. Then I'll say, why don't we try this one nice. and just see That's how it happens. That's a good happens. way of phrasing it. Um, but it's, I don't, I don't want to be the one to make that decision for them. Not because I want, don't want the responsibility, but because I feel the responsibility of having them make that choice. Mm-hmm. And if they're not at a point mentally or emotionally, which is completely fine because everybody's on a different spectrum in terms of where they are and who they are and that kind of thing. Um, I'm going to guide them as much as I possibly can so that they feel comfortable. So they start making those choices and feel comfortable making those choices. But if they're not there yet, then I'll move that along until they get to a point. And then eventually when somebody makes like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'll be like, oh, awesome. Like I won't be like, you made a choice because that feels <laughs> condescending. Yeah. But I'll really be like, okay, yeah, let's do that. This is what's going to happen there. And I'll point out like the things that are going to be positive about that decision. Mm-hmm. So they feel, even if it's like, I'm going to drop out of school now, I'll be like, awesome, because you're making that choice and you're going to figure out what this is going to be and let's see what we can do from here. And then I'll still be here no matter what. I'm not going to die till t- the year 2100 is my yeah. goal. So I bet less people drop out when you do that because then it's like, I'm allowed to, you know? <laughs> I mean, I hope so, but I don't, you know. I mean, well, actually, I shouldn't even say I hope so because that's what they need to do. That's what they need to do. Um, but uh, but I, I guess I feel like giving them that option of you should make the choice. And if you can't, then I'll help you with that. And if, I, if you don't even make it with the help, then you, I'll do it for a little while, but also like at some point. Well, that's what I always really respected about you as opposed to most people is most people have said, Hey, I'm going to drop out of school. They're like, they tell me a response that they already know that I've heard. They're like, Oh, <laughs> you can't drop out because blah, blah, blah. And like, why, what's the point of even regurgitating shit, like stuff that both <laughs> parties already know is said. So I really like that you like broke the mold. You weren't just like this bureaucratic mm, um, yeah. sort of advisor, but I'm curious, how was I as a student? Did I like, <laughs> was I just completely like, like I just came in kind of like, you know what? I'm going to take badminton for two days. Yeah. Which went well, I understand. It went incredibly yeah, well. Good. Badminton set up at my house now. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, I mean, so I, I, I think, well, you in particular, and then kind of tie that into like just in general, but you in particular, I think it was nice because for me, I was like, there's nothing that I really have to do here. Like, not like a, I'm lazy and I want to work right now. So I hope Tiger comes in. Um, but more <laughs> like um, when you're coming in, like I, after, after like the first or second interaction, maybe I was like, I, I have an idea of how this is probably going to go. And a lot of it is just going to be conversation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is going to be um, like, you'll ask a question. And they're extremely helpful, by the way, for <laughs> me, for me you. personally. <laughs> I hope so. I'm glad yeah. that they were. I'm glad to hear that. Um, but uh, it was more like, 
I, you're going to talk and I'm going to talk and then you know, that's kind of it. Like there, it didn't feel like it was a transactional relationship relationship. Mm. Um, whereas I feel like some, some of them are, and that's fine because what do you I mean transactional, like what would it look like? Those transactions? Like, uh, someone comes in and they see this as, uh, our conversation or our relationship as I'm going to come in and talk to this guy and then he's going to tell me how to do this. Um, so that I get the, that I get the next terms, you know, the pin or the schedule out of it and then I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no like interest in building any kind of rapport or any kind of like, there's, I'm not going to ask him about his life. He's not going to ask me about mine. If he, if he says, how are you? I'm just going to say, fine. Also, I have this question about school. I'm going to go in 10 minutes yeah. and that's completely fine. Yeah. I don't mind that at all. If that's where, cause I meet them where they are. Right. So if a student wants that relationship, I will be whatever tool in their toolbox they need to have. But if I have the preference, something like what we have where I know like, oh, we're going to come and we're going to talk. We're going to shoot the shit for five minutes. Yeah. And then we'll say, oh, by the way, this is what I actually came in for and had to make the appointment for. And then we'll do it again for another five minutes. And then we'll always go. Like that's the kind of thing where because I probably know more about those students and like where they're going and what their goals are and that kind of thing. And I prefer that because I'd rather know, you know, I hope that you know, it's one of the things I think we talked about this last time, but I'd rather talk to somebody in 10 years that I haven't talked to in 10 years. They're like, hey, remember when you were my advisor? I'm just doing this now. And not even like not even like, I don't mean that like, oh, thank you for this. Like, I don't need that kind of like self-esteem boost, Mm -hmm. but just kind of like, hey, by the way, it's been 10 years, but now I'm a physical therapist or now I'm a doing, or now I'm just, now I'm working in sales, but I love it. And I'm, you know, I'm selling hot air balloon. You just want closure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, closure, but I also want to know that they're still doing something, that they're, that they are spending their time well and they don't, they're not trapped in this idea. Spending their time well. Yeah. What does that even mean? Because that's a a big thing, you know? Yeah. What if someone does just want to go be a, a Buddhist monk here and just live on the street, you know? Like, yeah. Is that time well? I think, I mean, if that if, if they're getting enjoyment out of it and it's not, you know, bringing harm to anybody else, I mean, I don't see why it's not. Uh, some of my best times are taking a nap. Like, <laughs> and that might seem lazy, but like mental But that's health, so weird that we have to feel guilty for being quote unquote lazy. Like any sort of downtime, like this deep rest that we actually all just need yeah. is like you have to feel guilty. Like, oh, you want to play video games for an hour? You're bad. You're wrong. Right. <laughs> right. You should have been spending that in a productive way. But eventually we just burn out, you right. know? And to that end, too, even if, you, if you're if you having a conversation with somebody and they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. I only got two hours of sleep last night and I did 85 things. I feel like your reaction is to feel like, oh, I should say that, too. Or like, oh, no, I no, I'm also tired. Yeah. Like it becomes this competition of like who burned themselves out the most, mm-hmm. whereas it should be like, oh, that's too bad. Like, how can we figure out a way to not have you do that next yeah. time? Like, Absolutely. Like, not, and not to like say you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't. But more like. Like, okay, cool. That's great that you were able to do that. But also, like, how can we prevent you from being burned out next week? Like, maybe you'll get three hours of sleep, and that's a baby step, but it's a step, right? Yeah. Um, Along yeah. the same line, um, I've been I've been experimenting with an interesting thing lately, uh-huh. which is Adderall, because yeah. you know, like all these college students take it. I'm like, all right, I'll take it, and then see what it's like. I originally took it like for a day. I'm like, oh my god, that was the most productive day of my life. Like, I just <laughs> edited 60 pages or this or that. Um, <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, I'll do it again tomorrow. And then if you like, if you do string along like a week of those days, you'll have four days of you don't do anything. You'll just mm. sit and stare at a wall. So it's like a <laughs> counteract. Like I've realized that it counteracts all of the good that it does do. Yeah, roller coaster. It, it's roller coaster. But yeah. then here's here's the thing. It's just like uh, being clenched to relax. It's like roller coasters are fun. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right like like i do like i like i i think i self put myself on roller coasters but yeah. here's the thing i think people lie to themselves about roller coasters that yeah. they get on like people will 
initiate these sad thought like this sad loops so like oh mm-hmm. i'm gonna get something that i know will like eventually this relationship will end or this blah 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 like and then when they get it get to the sadness instead of being like oh this is expected and i'm gonna like enjoy it or cherish the just raw emotion of being a human mm-hmm. they're like oh, i'm sad i'm like what are you doing you knew this would happen you know <laughs> right. so i think like as long as you're being genuine and like like at least truthful to yourself like all right i'm gonna engage in this thought like in this loop i'm gonna take whatever substance you're going to take. And I understand that the withdrawals are going to be the negative side. Like, like a lot of things like exercise is like, uh, backloaded where you do the uncomfortable now and then you yeah. feel good later. Yeah. Whereas substances tend to be like, you drink coffee now front loaded where you get the joy and then you feel the bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think people are really bad at dealing with front loaded things. Mm, yeah. Makes sense. I don't know. But anyways, mm. I still probably take it. Okay. <laughs> Well, but <laughs> gotta get back in the roller coaster. Yeah, it's well, not gonna ride itself, right? Well, it's like it's like it's it's an interesting cool because here's the thing. Mm. I'm like, I want to get as far as I can early in life because there's that compounding interest of like the more you mm. do or like you learn to play guitar. Um, you start writing books when you're like so you start writing pages when you're ten, mm-hmm. and you write a bunch, then you already have like this backlog. Whereas you know yeah. you just do it like evenly. Right. It doesn't do as much. So I'm trying to do as much as I can as right. early Plus as I can. Die, so yeah. Plus you could die. So you could die. But then that brings it really to the point of like, what's the goal? Like when you die mm. and then you say, oh, I want people to like remember me as like a good person. That's, mm. I mean, you could, you could level that to being akin to like, man, I really wish those people in my dream last night, like liked me and spoke highly of me. Like who cares? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. I don't know. Like it really comes down to like, how real do you think reality is? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, uh, it reminds me of, um, so one of my uh, my childhood uh, heroes, I guess, was uh, Fred Rogers, um, who, or Mr. Rogers, as he more commonly known. The rabbit. Um, just the uh, wait, what? The rabbit. The who ra- framed fraud. That's oh. Roger Rabbit. Fred oh, Rogers is Mr. Rogers, like oh, the sweaters cool, cool, and the cool, cool. sweater guy. <laughs> also, Roger Rabbit, guy. bizarrely, yeah. But those two like, together. What? That's who I model my personality off of. Oh Mr. Rogers and Roger Rabbit, which actually fits so well. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, that's funny. <laughs> neighborhood guy. Uh, yeah, neighborhood guy. Neighborhood guy. Not a tune that almost killed the guy. Okay. Um, what was I talking about? Okay, Mr. Rogers. So uh, there was a, um, a documentary that came out about his life about a year, year and a half ago or something. Um, and he died uh, several years ago but um, his wife is alive and in the movie they talk about his life and what he did and all those kind of things and how he was as a person and was he really like that like his character as he was you know in real life or whatever Um, and it seemed to at least be showing and stuff that I've read like seems like that's he was a legitimately um, uh, good person he was the Navy SEAL though right that's well that's a rumor yeah that's the rumor which has not been proven but I mean I kind of hope it's true but um, (laughs) but uh there, but he was very genuine. Like that was a genuine, it wasn't an act of like the gentle, like let's talk to everybody, get to feelings, get to know you kind of thing. It was kind of the way he was in, in regular life. And so like, that's the kind of person that, um, the idea of like somebody who is genuinely, genuinely there for other people and wanting to see the best of them, regardless of what the situation is. Right? He was just a really good method actor. Yeah, could be, <laughs> could be. Um, but, uh, they were talking about like the end of his life and he, um, had cancer and he died of that. And, um, towards the end before he went, I guess, before he went to his, his coma, he never came out of one of the last coherent things that he said was to his wife. And he said, um, something along the lines of, um, was I a good person? Whoa. And this is this guy who basically his entire life and everybody knows him, even if, even if it's not true, like as this inherently good human being um and so the fact that him at the very end was still questioning like oh god did i do enough to be a good man like that's i I have never related harder to a sad thing i was like oh god i'm gonna be doing that um like i'll do these things that i think are good or that i think are helping and like do them and do them and do them and do them and then it's never gonna feel like it'll be enough like to the point where 
you know, even if I'm at you the end. You can just relax for the rest of your life and be like, ah, I did it. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did a good it. thing. Yeah, I was good enough. Every, now time to die. Um, but like that, the idea of that is, I think I, I have, I'm more concerned about not so much how people remember me. If I, like if people think, oh, was he good? He was a good dude or anything. I'm more concerned that how I feel about myself. And I know that that's going to be me when I, whenever it is that the time comes, I know that I'll still be saying, God, I hope that I was good enough. I hope that I helped enough people. I hope that I did enough things for other people that they do well, not because I want them to think he was a good person, but because I want their lives to be good and to be what they want them to be. Uh, and so that's, I think that's what I would want. Like when I'm towards the end, like when I think about, I don't know if legacy is the right word. Hamilton's running through my head, but if legacy is the right word or not, but I don't necessarily care at all if I'm remembered about anything because I don't think that matters after a while. But I want to hopefully at least kind of know that people that I was able to interact with were able to achieve what they wanted to, not because of me, because that sounds super arrogant, but I was able to assist that process even a little bit mm. um, and hope that I will have done that enough. Whether you know they think that I did or not, I don't really have a preference for that because I'll be in the ground or whatever, so it won't matter. But to me, I want to hope and feel that I made that sort of positive difference um, before I, whatever my time is up or whatever. Because, and it goes down to the thing that at the bottom of everything, I say this all the time, it feels good to do good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's at the bottom of all psychology, all philosophy and everything. It's like for some weird reason, (laughs) you feel good when you do good things. Absolutely. And yeah, so I guess what it comes down for me is I'm trying to figure out how to do the most good for the least amount of time. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because then it's like I'm like trying to reap the most feel good out of it, which is a really funny thing. A lot of people have that like uh, philosophy behind things. Like if you're helping someone Mm -hmm. for your own personal gain, it's not good. Right. (laughs) And so, so yeah, I do that thing where it's, um, I've been telling people for a while, like I try to undercut that by like, if I go and like help someone completely like selflessly, I always say like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just doing it for the good karma. Cause then at the bottom of the day, like I can, I can almost, uh, dirty up every single good thing I do <laughs> just to, just to spite them. Cause I don't, I don't believe that, that rhetoric at all. I yeah. think if you do something good, everyone partially does it for themselves. Mm. Like there's, there's three kinds of manipulation. There's manipulating others for your own success, mm. evil. Mm. There's manipulating others for their own success, which is idealistic and mm-hmm. then there's manipulating people for mutually beneficial situations mm-hmm. that's what i think is the most realistic and the one that actually happens like mm. if you do help someone it is because like even if they don't help me like i feel good by helping them yeah mm-hmm. and you can never deny that that happens yeah. and if you discount that and say no i'm going to help someone and just not even feel the joy of helping them like you're lying you're like why are people <laughs> lying to themselves you know yeah it comes, if nothing else you get a good feeling out of it if you yeah, yeah. It, com- it exactly comes back to the trains like everyone I think just the, the the bottom of all suffering and everything is just lying to themselves. It's like that mm. that meme where it's like a little kid um, with a boot on his head, and then like it <laughs> zooms out, and it's like him holding a, a boot on his head. It's nonsense. But yeah, I don't know, man. Um, but every time I look back at the things I'm saying, like a year or two ago, I'm like, what an idiot. So where am I going to be where I'm 24? You know. Well, that's where the I think that's that's that that's where my I think I need to reassess things constantly. Ah, yeah. Because like I don't I don't like not that I'm saying that's bad at all because I think that's pretty natural for for people to do that or I guess hopefully if you're if you're growing you look back at a thing you said when you were like 17 like oh that was probably not the best thing I could have said at the time. Um, but I think I do that pretty constantly so that I'm like like it's almost like a how often you update your iPhone. Like it's like every couple of, but by the way, you have to update your iPhone now, like just because other stuff is happening. But like in my brain, I'm like, okay, I thought this four months ago. Um, and it could be a big thing or a little thing. And I'd be like, why do I think that? Uh, do I think that because other people think that, um, what would some people, some people who disagree with that think, um, and then kind of reevaluating that whole process. So like almost like a, a reboot of like, okay, am I, 
is this what I should be doing? Should I be thinking about this more? And then I can't, I, I can't say all the time that I'm like, I'll get to that point and be like, oh, I was totally wrong. Now I'm totally flipped in. It's easy. Yeah. But I, cause a lot of times it's more just like starting uh, the loop. Yeah. Just, but I think the idea of making sure that, you know, for me, at least the way that I do it is to make sure that if somebody asks me a question about something, like I, I, I don't think I mentioned this last time, but there's a, um, there's an audio clip of Richard Pryor, uh, the, uh, stand up comedian, um, where he's, and I actually have no idea where it's from. I guess heard it on one of his albums once, but he's talking about fear. Uh, and he says something to the effect of, I'm not afraid of, um, the boogeyman, I'm not afraid of Frankenstein. He says all these kind of, you know, like made up monsters. And then he says these people that, um, who have a lot of power at the time he was saying it was in like in the seventies, I think 1970s, um, uh, Nelson Rockefeller, all the Rockefellers, he says kind of these people that are in, uh, in charge of everything. He says, I'm not afraid of any of that. My greatest fear is that, um, my son will one day ask me, what did you do daddy when the shit went down? And I think about that a lot. Because I think about if I'm going to have these beliefs or these things that I claim to uh, stand for or, or want to be, I better be able to back that shit up in case somebody asks me about it or in case somebody calls me on and says, hey, you said this, but you're acting this way. Mm-hmm. Those things don't mesh. Tell me how you can live, like, justify that. Yeah. So I feel like I have to kind of re, for me, not for anybody else, for me, kind of reevaluate what I'm doing and how I'm living to make sure that I'm being the most authentic version. So if one of my kids one day says, where were you when the shit went down, whatever that means to them, um, I can say, I was here doing this, saying this, live, oh, I'm hitting the table. I'm not supposed yeah, to do yeah, yeah, <laughs> <doing this, laughs> The one thing I'm not supposed to do, uh, doing this, living this, uh, all that. And I can feel like comfortable for, for backing that up without yeah. having to say like, oh, well, and hem and haw and well, it was a different time and like that kind of a thing. And gr- granted, there was stuff that I did when I was a teenager that I would never want to see the light of day, frankly. But um, but I, being able to kind of reevaluate, I think for me at least seems like something that I should be doing to make sure that I'm yes, being a, b- the a big I thing be. that that when you're saying that I'm like, man, it's because I'm recording a bunch of and like putting out a bunch of stuff that I say pretty definitive like <laughs> statements. Yeah, right. So I'm sure in a couple of years I'm going to regret it, but it comes down to one of my core values is like I'd rather speak and be corrected mm-hmm. than not talk because oh, sure. right so i'm like i'm just gonna like i'm um i did a, a show with jason dorsett a couple hours ago mm-hmm. i don't know what order i'm gonna put these out in um so <laughs> we're still kind of working on weeks that. ago <laughs> but uh what is it? i was just like i was just like challenging the idea of like am i really more privileged than you like that's mm-hmm. this rhetoric that i've heard but like like i want things explained to me mm-hmm. and i could totally see that being like so out of date once i come to the full realization sure and then i'll be like man why did i say that but i never would have learned unless i said it right one thing to be said for that learning process too, yeah is how how do you if you don't say anything at all theoretically you don't learn anything because you don't put your own opinions out there so yeah i, I think i see that too is where so i, I guess i should reclarify. i'm not saying that i don't share anything or I don't believe things. Um, cause I'm happy to share those kinds of things too. But I think that, um, I, I guess I'm trying to get in front of the idea that I was believed this one thing for so long because I didn't want to see the other side. Yeah. Like it's one, cause I think it's one thing to do like what you were just saying and say, I, I think this, tell me about it. Like mm-hmm. that's cause you want to learn. You're actively wanting to get information, but it's hard to be like, I'm going to look like an idiot. Here we go. <laughs> right. You know, like I'm trying, I'm starting to go into conversations saying I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Tell me where my thinking is wrong though. Yeah. But mm-hmm. sometimes people genuinely can't like tell me like other, like why I'm wrong. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll keep believing it. Then. <laughs> right. You know, like, it's not like I'm like going to give up everything that I like, I'm not just trying to absorb whatever the person I'm talking to says, but yeah. I'm like trying to like almost like battle ideas until like, I'm like, cool. Like I'm just trying to work on my thoughts, right? Yeah, you know, which I think is a really interesting place to be. And, and it's I, still doing work. I think that's the important part is the doing work part. Like, mm-hmm. I think if you're doing work, like then, what do you mean doing work? 
doing work like that's uh so i i use that phrase a lot like are you doing the work are you doing the work are you doing the work um and that to me is like it's really easy to say something like um i'm really good at listening like just thinking that about yourself and you, maybe it's never been maybe one or two people have said oh you're a good listener and that's great but maybe you just think that because you want to think that like i'm a good listener why because well, I'm an advisor, so people talk to me all the time. Well, yeah, because they have to, like not because you're a good listener. Like literally, that's your job. Mm-hmm. So then it's one thing to say, I'm a good listener. And then if I were to say, well, tell me how you know that or tell me why you think that or why you believe it. And if you're like, I don't know, people tell me. Well, like, okay, that's keep going. Like if you're not actually a good listener, like don't just talk, like do the work to become yeah. a good listener. And then you can say it and it's great and you can defend it. But if you're not going to do the work, like I don't feel like you should get to say that. Like that's just a, do the work. Yeah. Get to that point. But that comes to the point where like how much of can you try to like be like do like okay I'm, I'm trying to do the work you know mm-hmm. like like it's this really thing that I've been interested in and I haven't read into it too much but I think if you tell a kid you're smart mm-hmm. they'll be like oh I'm smart I'm gonna do things that prove that I'm smart mm-hmm. like again thought loops I've been so into them lately <laughs> like you, you read more books to show people around you that you're smart but then you actually read them and you actually get smarter whereas mm-hmm. if you tell a kid you're dumb you're not gonna do anything they don't read books because right. they don't want to you know they don't want to be seen as dumb they and internalize they, they that act. they're dumb yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so i think these all these things just actually happen like anything that you're told or especially that you tell yourself mm-hmm. become reality mm-hmm. which is the biggest reason why it's like what do you say like why like your mantra is so much of like i do think people should tell themselves you should be a good but here's an interesting thing mm-hmm. when i was just talking to jason a lot of people lately have been telling me i'm a horrible listener <laughs> okay. it's an interesting thing keep to, going but, or, or, or jason said you why why do you have to correct like um he said you're privileged i'm like yes i'm privileged but you are too he's like but why do you add the but you are too mm. um and i was talking with my mom and my grandma they're like you're a bad listener because i'd like ask these clarifying questions and yeah. i'm like i'm not just going to be like rolled over and be like yes you're entirely right like i want to keep you know kind of just be like hey here's what I'm hearing and here's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people see that as like this rolling over their opinion. And I'm like, no, it, 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 this doesn't have to be right. Build back on it and tell me right. where I'm wrong, you know? Right. Well, and I think to be, to be fair, like this kind of a setup where it's kind of a two person conversation, I think it's hard to just be a listener when it's yes. like, I mean, I, I think if you're, um, like if this were like a talk show host kind of a setting where you're like, where you have clearly a guest is coming on to talk about themselves and their projects and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. I think that you can be a good listener with because you just say, you ask the question, they talk, it's not about, you know, you test, but, but in this kind of format where it's kind of a back and forth thing, like, I don't know that listening is the most conducive thing as yeah. much as, I mean, I think it's part of it, obviously I'm not saying don't listen, yeah. but I think if you're going to try and have a two person free flowing conversation, I think you have to accept the fact that it's going to go back and forth a little bit. I'm not saying that you're a good listener or not a good listener. I'm just saying like, I'm not, I'll, I'll be, I'll be entirely valid in the statement that I'm like, I'm not, well, I think I am in a different way where I'm think, I think a lot of people don't like what they say being thrown back at them. Mm-hmm. Like some people like just like saying things mm-hmm. or like what it, well, okay. So I've mentioned this like five times on the show, but my grandma came when she would like tell me these things and like Colorado, I'm like, you really don't think healthcare should be like, you know, like universal and you think people should be in debt if they get cancer, you think mm-hmm. people, you know, and she's like, you're being argumentative. I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> about? I'm not just going to let you like just say these things, like either don't say it or be willing to accept the conversation that comes along with right. saying oh, something yeah, like absolutely. that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Life is so much. It's, it's <laughs> Life is so much. Right. It really That's is. True. But even with, I mean, this is like going to be my 30th show. Like I've had 30 hey, hour long conversations with people. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I've had 30 hour long conversations with people in the past couple months, which is like, whoa, a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. But I still have like days where I'm like, you know, like if, if no one will text me or anything, mm-hmm. I'll still feel like, man, 
I'm like, you know, people like loneliness is a weird thing. Yeah. And then especially sleeplessness. I realize mm-hmm. if you don't get sleep good for like a night or two or more, mm-hmm. you, even if you're surrounded by people, you'll feel lonely and bad. Yeah. Which is so weird, you know? <laughs> but then I was up one night, all night one night. I don't know why, but I was thinking, I'm like, <laughs> you don't need a reason. <laughs> well, well, I was questioning the, yeah. the idea of it's bad to not sleep. And I'm like, well, mm. what would be the actual mechanism of how I would die if I stopped sleeping? <laughs> you tested the test. <laughs> no, but it's a valid thing to ask. I'm like, okay, so say you stop sleeping. How yeah. do you think you'd die? I, don't, I think I'd fall asleep before I would die. I don't know. <laughs> right? Well, exactly. I'm like, I don't know how, how true that is. That it's like people say like, oh, you die if you don't sleep for like two weeks. I'm like, I don't know about that, man. Like, I don't like when my heart stopped working or my brain just like, (laughs) but I'm like, yeah, I definitely feel worse. The leaps, less sleep I get, but it's, it's just weird that people, people talk as if they know why we're conscious, why we sleep, why Mm -hmm. like how the brain works. I'm like, we don't. So whenever anyone tries to talk, like, just tell me how things are, I'm like, you're wrong. Stop it. Humans in general, like have to know. Right? Yeah, we, we really like knowing things. Yeah, that's. I don't want to get on like a religious kick or anything, but like that's like the idea of religion is like you have to just know what happens. Well, you have to know. That's the idea of science too. Okay, yeah. if I tell you that, you, do you assume the Big Bang happened? Um, do I assume the Big Bang? Or happened? do you believe in the Big Bang? I mean, yeah, uh, yes. Right, but have you read the science behind it, or does does all the matter in the entire universe being condensed to the point of a pin really make sense? <laughs> That's just as absurd. It's just yeah. as absurd of a belief system, like yeah. like the the creation myth uh, that science produces. Like I think like ev- like hard sciences, like how bonds and stuff work and yeah. evolution, epigenetic. Like I think that's all real. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying like the scientific explanation of why we're here and how we got here mm-hmm. just as absurd as anything else. Yeah. Cause then it's like, well, what was there before the big bang? <laughs> was there nothing? Or like, there was still this, like, like my question is like, when did time click on mm. and is it going to click off when there's no more conscious beings? Yeah. You know, it's just an interest. It's kind of like the, if a tree falls in the woods, did it really fall or this, no one? Yeah. This is why we shouldn't smoke weed together. Cause then we, <laughs> then we would figure out what would happen because we wouldn't go to sleep for days and then we would die somehow. That's, <laughs> That's so funny, man. I've tried marijuana lately I, open just, this up? I just can't i just can't do it that's what it's funny like that's the one substance that the society's really starting to like dig yeah and i'm just like i don't like it the uh-huh. substances that i'm like i don't know if you can can you not talk about i like, don't know i'm not sure that's right so like that was a hypothetical scenario that i yeah involved, yeah like so. we, we obviously don't and, and you don't do anything but like I, I can talk about my substance uses like <laughs> one that people should know about kratom kratom however you want to say it, yeah is in incredible just don't get addicted to it <laughs> that was gonna go like such a different it was either gonna be insane or incredible and they could have both been like negative or positive i was like unbaited of a baited breath like i'm like i was like oh, what's he gonna say that's so funny there's actually a meme of that it's like ye and then it's um like y-e-e and then it was um two roads and it's like one is yeehaw or yeet <laughs> it's kind of like that <laughs> yeah, like, exactly <laughs> um but yeah and it comes back to thought loops so i'm thinking mm-hmm. i'm like okay why is an opiate what is so mm-hmm. oh those are the worst things ever but why is it bad okay so most opiates are numbing, which I don't like. I don't like, like, yeah. I mean, I got a sore throat and the, the OSU nurses gave me 10 double strength Vicodin <laughs> and I didn't even like them. I threw them out like after a couple, I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm. But Kratom does this really interesting way of being an opiate that it makes you optimistic. <laughs> and so I've been, I've been uh, blatantly, I've been probably abusing it for like a couple of years now, but the whole beautiful part of that is like, you're so frank about it. I've been abusing this, but here's the thing. <laughs> well, like it, it's, it's helping me. So I never in, in. I never start these negative thought loops of like, oh, mm-hmm. no one likes me. Oh, because no one's texting me. And then I don't uh-huh. reach out to other people and then they don't reach out to me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no one texted me today. I'm like, 
I'm on opiates. I'm like, cool. I just send like <laughs> hearts and loving texts to like everyone around me. And I'm like, nope, I'm not going to let these like negative thought loops take nobody over. Nobody texted me. I wish you, I wish you could have seen the loop that he made with his fingers. No, <laughs> nobody texted me. I'm on opiates. <laughs> it's like a quick, such a quick circle. <laughs> well, well it's, it's, it's just like, okay, like I'm on something that gives me an optimistic yeah. state of mind. So yeah. I'm like, no, you know, everyone's just really busy. So I'm going to choose that way of thinking about it. I'm going to reach out to them and just share. It's like, hey, just send a couple hearts to people. And then they, like, they'll always message and back. And they'll be like, dudes, I know. <laughs> but, but the whole point is like now even if i stop it's like okay like i've gotten to a place in my life where it's like i know but like during that super impactful time in my life like my my very early 20s mm-hmm. like i think it's really easy to get caught up in the negative thought loops oh absolutely so absolutely I, yep. so i think there's really big benefits of different substances mm-hmm. that people just aren't being aware of sure um, sure do you want to yeah. know the, the best example of good is bad and bad is good that i've <laughs> i've come up with lately absolutely i do <laughs> <laughs> so I've said I've said the bad is good on the show once, but let's uh-huh. go let's go good is bad first. So yeah. there was the green revolution or the agricultural revolution in mm-hmm. India, China, whatever. So right. So there's tons of people, millions of people that are starving mm-hmm. in China and India. Mm-hmm. What's the solution to that? Uh, some sort of pesticide, or, or I think it's like a way of um, getting the soil more nutrients. So you, oh, okay. you get way more crops. Mm. So the population booms. And now there's just like three times as many people starving. Mm. So something that was good has solved the problem is actually bad because now there's like, you know, it's like, well, shit, now that's really unsustainable. (laughs) So good is bad. Or like if you, if you see a spider in your house, you're like, I'm not going to kill it. And then like 10 days later, there's like five spiders and you're like, now you got to kill more, you know? (laughs) Um, So I think a lot of good is bad. And a really good example of bad is good. I guess it would also be good as bad. Um, So people, people think of like methamphetamine as this horrible, horrible substance, right? So you do something, you're like, I'm going to, you know, like I'm going to be outspoken about it. Like I'm doing good by, by telling people how evil it is. Well, this small group of scientists, cause it's a schedule two substance. So they're researching it. They give Mm -hmm. it to kids called desoxin, which is nonsense. Um, (laughs) I would not suggest it to be given to kids, (laughs) but, but what they did is they, um, they would take rats and they'd give them a TBI by like hitting them on the head, like surgically really hard. And if the ones that were given a super minute dose of methamphetamine Mm -hmm. didn't develop a traumatic brain injury, but the ones that didn't receive it, got Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, bad things and died. Oh, hmm. So this That's thing wild. that is so fear mongered, people thinking they're doing good by like stopping this bad substance is do like maybe a loved one of theirs is going to die from some, you know, it's like, whoa. So what I'm hearing is you're giving me advice that if I start to uh, become a boxer, <laughs> I should do a little bit of meth before every match. Or if you get hit. Yeah, and then I'll be, right well, before I hit, as long as I have some my left glove, and then I'll take a hit right when you start to throw a punch. You like a punch but nothing. Like but the whole point of that is, like, people have these such strong views, and yeah. it, it's, again, it's, and it's them holding themselves down, where it's mm. like, people having these strong views is what's causing a lot of unhappiness and suffering in the world. Mm-hmm. We all just need to be like, okay, we all want to be happy, healthy, and wealthy, and gracious, I mean, uh, patient, uh, grateful and what was the third one of generous yeah. and generous mm-hmm. right like we all want these universal things we all want to do good to feel good yeah you know and mm-hmm. so we shouldn't just hold these views that have no basis in reality yeah <sighs> I don't know. Hey, i got something for you yeah um yeah this is kind of off topic but um i wanted to give you i want to get your advice on uh, a story that i have all right uh, it has nothing to do with any of the things that we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good switch that's okay it's yeah. a good switch yeah. <laughs> you won't even be able to tell that we didn't even like do a cut there because mm-hmm. that's how this how natural the progression was to go to this next story um i was in the grocery store this is actually a, a little while ago but i was in the grocery store 
um, and I was waiting in line, and there was a woman in front of me with, uh, well, I assume it was her child, as the child was in her basket. So either she kidnapped a child and the child was very <laughs> docile, or it was her child. Yeah. Um, or like her, you know, babysitter. niece or something. Yeah. Uh, or babysitter, yeah. Uh, but so the child has a phone and is playing with like, playing with the phone. And I'm just kind of standing there like, because I'm introverted. So when I'm not at work, I'm like, I'm not going to talk to anybody, even a two year old child. Yeah. So I'm like, just standing there like, no, 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 no. And uh, kid looks up at me and I look at the child because I'm not a monster. So I'm like, oh, hey. <laughs> Uh, and she's like, just when you're like a two year old, like blank stare, we're just staring at you, like, like you're nothing. Or they like totally you're, do. Yeah, yeah. Like, no. And I'm like, like making faces, like trying to, trying to get any sort of interaction. And she's looking at me like I, you know, like I'm going to steal her phone or something. Yeah. And so, uh, trying to do something. And the, the mother's not, or the whoever the woman is, not really paying attention. And uh, the two year old takes the phone and looks at the phone and looks back at me. And I'm like, all right. And shows me the phone. And on the phone, is a picture of this woman who is potentially her mother or whoever it is, completely naked, uh, clearly posed for the picture with only a pair of rainbow socks on. And and the visual is very clear of what's happening. So I see, and it takes my brain like a second to realize what I'm looking at. Like, cause I wasn't expecting anything close. I thought maybe it'd be like, oh, here's, you know, a like, uh, yeah, Candy or like, crush. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, Paw Patrol man. or something. Um, and it's like just a picture of this woman that she clearly probably sent to somebody, I think, or I yeah. don't know. Um, and no judgment. Was, on the phone. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. like, ah, I was just kind of like, what is, oh God. And then at that point, the woman, like who didn't see the phone, reached and goes, give me my phone back. Like gentle mom voice grabs it and turns and it's like, like looks at me like you do to another adult. And it's like, ha ha ha, how are you? Like just living life. And turns the phone back and looks at the phone and her eyes get enormous because she realizes what's on the phone and that the girl just showed me what's on the phone. And she looks back up at me and is just like ghost white. Like all the blood is drained from her entire body. And I'm trying to be a good person. This time, I'm trying to try this in a little bit. I'm trying to be good. And like in the millisecond that I have to respond to this, I'm thinking, what can I say that makes her not feel embarrassed and not feel judged? You say nice socks. And I said, exactly. I said, <laughs> I like your socks. And she looked at me like I said, I'm going to murder your family. Because she looked at me like, what the fuck? I like your socks. And she goes, thank you. And I was like, ah. and then I have, have never seen them again since then. But so my question is, yeah. <laughs> actually, you kind of answered the question by saying nice socks. I was going to say, what would, you, what would your response be? I don't think it would have been that quick. <laughs> it's funny when people, when, when radical, like weird situations happen to me, yeah. I just start like looking at people and like, what's going on? Like I've started to stop reacting. You yeah, know? maybe. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I'd be like, nice socks. <laughs> yeah. Like, I liked your socks. And she was, and huh? I mean, she probably anticipated that response as much as I anticipated seeing her entire body naked in my face. Oh my God. But anyway that was fun uh, yeah that's how. too funny yeah um a situation happened kind of like that but the complete reverse um we're just <laughs> Where was as, you <laughs> <laughs> no a super absurd situation yeah. there was uh me and kenzie were riding our bikes uh, on a bridge okay and there was a mom with her two kids and she was just smoking right there and they're all over mm -hmm. um and as i went by i'm like hey you should maybe not smoke with your kids mm -hmm. and then she just started yelling at me but mm -hmm. kenzie was like 10 feet behind me or 10 yards behind me so she didn't know what i said she thought i said hey could you please scoot over and then had her scoot over so then she comes by and she's like good example <laughs> hit her with the old one too <laughs> And I told Kenzie what I said, and she's like, oh, man. <laughs> just, these weird interactions in life yeah. can be so 
weird, you know, <laughs> which is the whole idea behind this uh, society called the Cacophony Society, mm. which is kind of like the work of Eric Andre. Mm. Yeah. You know, just absurd things. <laughs> yeah. Like you go on a, a subway with like a, uh, a Fruit Loops and you just like, I'm your community. Just makes me uncomfortable, but I can't not watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just like, I like it. Just like shaking people out of this mundane reality that they've been so in for mm. so long and being like, oh, things can be different than they are. Like this is a dream or whatever this is. It's <laughs> yeah. fun to just have people question. Yeah. Like I bet you were probably a lot more present the fault, like your thoughts were kind of like, in, you know, you different than the, the typical time you're at a story. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I wonder, I wonder what, like, cause I tell that story the way that I experienced it. Right. It I wonder story. how she tells the story. <laughs> like, I wonder if she tells it at all. Number one. Yeah. And number two, if the weird part to her was it. And then this guy said, fucking nice socks. <laughs> Like if that's the part of the story that's the most absurd to her is that my reaction wasn't to be anything other than to be like, the clothing that you had on was enjoyable. Yeah. Like that's, Cause that's kind of weird too. Yeah. But if that's her, like, can you believe that as opposed to like, I, the phone was there and then this all like, I just, but the idea of like what her version of that story is, yeah. is fascinating to me. Well, I mean, I couldn't imagine her telling that story. Like, yeah, my kid had a phone that I had nudes on. Like, I mean, <laughs> right. that, that, that doesn't look She maybe told the story to the person she sent the picture to, but like yeah. nobody else probably. That's so funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to meet that little girl and like because I'm a I think I've told you this before, but I uh, I can do weddings. Um, I want to meet that girl and like do her wedding eventually and be like when I met you the first time, like not tell her yeah. right before the vows and like tell that whole story and be like, do you Philip or whatever? Yeah, um, and then go into the like launch into the actual vows thing and have her be like, who hired this guy? Why do you get your thing to get your vows to be able to do vows? Uh, my uh, one of my friends um, was getting married, and he was like, "I don't, I'm not really religious, and I don't really have anybody that I know, and I know it's easy to do it." He's like, "Do you just want to get yours?" And I was like, "Yeah," and I like got it in 20 minutes. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, "Scott, I have it." And he's like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yeah." You want to get married like today? Because apparently I can do it right now. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, it's a couple months. And I was like, yeah, I was just kidding. But yeah. So then it's. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, surprisingly easy. And, uh, and they, like you actually get a whole like a load of stuff like to do and like, really? get to write like the ceremony and stuff. Do you, like, they, don't, they don't like send you stuff though, like stuff no, to you wear. You can buy it. Oh, but okay. like I don't want to spend money on that. Like I didn't spend money on this. It was like <laughs> you free. Can, you can like technically like legally or religiously do a wedding. Was it like a legal It's federation? legally, yeah. Okay. Um, and it's technically part of a church. Um, mm -hmm. I, should probably, I should probably pitch that church so they can send me free frocks or whatever are you um, religious no big uh, question yeah big you, question. But you have faith you have you have a belief system yes yes and but i wouldn't con um i believe uh so i was raised um evangelical christian Rough. um okay. yeah, yeah i know nothing is, about it it's I'm very sure it's, it's very linear speaking of linearity for a while ago it's very like this is what you believe okay, like yeah. this, this is what's right like that kind of religion mm -hmm. where everything is like there's no there's black and white good there's is no bad good they think they're instilling good things but bad it made you question everything so you <laughs> right, run away yeah. from it good is yeah. bad man <laughs> <laughs> and it makes you hate other people for reasons that are unclear Rough. um but uh so i was raised that way and then um when i got to college i was like when i definitely was going through my like i'm gonna question kind of everything about everything i um, kind of got away from that um, and then I don't even know if I would like, I, I certainly wouldn't say that I'm religious now. Um, I would say that I, um, am, uh, have faith or I, I'm spiritual in the sense that I believe in something like some sort of, um, but I don't know what that something is. Like, I don't necessarily have a, I don't know that I would go as far as saying that I'm agnostic. You haven't developed um, what your faith is, but yeah. you're open to it. You're open to spirituality or yeah. faith or whatever. It I is. think I, I think I lean like, um, in terms of, uh, values, I think I probably lean closer to, uh, Buddhism, maybe more than anything. Nice. But I think that because, and it's pri it's primarily because I was raised in the United States where Christianity is the main religion, right? I think that I still, like when I think, when somebody says uh, religion, I think I think of Christianity. And so if somebody were to say, like, what's the closest you probably would be in terms of what you 
could relate to, I'd probably say, oh, like Jesus and the apostles and like that, the Bible, that kind of thing, just because it's been in my wheelhouse for so long. But, and I think, you know, and I think Jesus was a good dude or whatever, but I think in terms of like what I try to base my, uh, my life off of, it's probably closer to Buddhist principles or teaching than anything else, but I wouldn't identify as a Buddhist though either. So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm starting to write a book of faith. Okay. Not like necessary. Uh, we're, we're just at about an hour. Do you have a little bit more time? Or you got to go yeah. sometime soon. I don't think so. I think I have this on my calendar till four thirty, right? So beautiful. All right. So, so I'm going to call it, um, I almost want it to be like smooth and easy to say, but like, you yeah. am I, you am I, you am I, because there's this phrase that, uh, Bonavere's new album has a song on it called I am I, which is like such a beautiful Wait, saying. Wait, what album do you say? Uh, uh, I comma I. No, what's the what's the artist? Oh, Bonavere. Bonavere. Okay, I thought I couldn't hear you. I thought you said like banana, and oh. I was like, who's banana ham? <laughs> Bonavere. It's a gotcha. profound thing. Banana <laughs> ham. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm um, with you. Okay. But it's like I am I. So it's yeah. like the statement of like, who are you? Mm. And it's like you're immediately attacked. Like the phrase like <laughs> you are is like either I'm assuming you are something, yeah. which you're not, because you're always gonna be like I'm not that. Mm. Or it's like who you who are you? It's like this weird uneasiness of like who is someone else to tell you who they are. So it's like yeah. okay, what gives you the right? Who are you? Mm-hmm. I am. I am. Okay, back off. Like my existence is validated mm. in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So I think that's beautiful. Mm. But the fact that we don't share it with anyone else mm. based off of like, oh, but you're you and I'm I, you know? Yeah. So it's this idea of you am I. Like every single person you meet, oh, okay. treat them like they're God, you could say, or like they're the same consciousness as you in a different lifetime. So you're mm. like, man, I want to do like secret little things that'll like, you know, make their life better, happier, yeah. anyway. Like, I want, you know? Um, so I've been, I've been trying to kind of like formulate how to make it like a thing of like pretty much you just treat every single other person you meet like they're God, mm. they're God. And this is like just a big show for you because oh, okay. you start treating everyone a lot better. You're not going to be mean to God, you know, <laughs> I would hope not. Yeah. And then you start taking, when people say things, you take it more seriously. You're like, Oh my God, that's a message. And yeah. then you don't have to like, obviously completely change the way you're living based off something. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then you come to the realization by thinking, okay, if everyone else is, then you're like, I am also in someone else's like you, you mm. start playing a role in other sure. people's lives of like this kind of like fun, like you get to be a character. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is, I think what's kind of at the bottom. I think Buddhist religion says uh, we're all just God and drag mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because it, it is, it's just some big show. It's almost like a puppet show where we, you know, we don't know that we're the fingers and the person watching. It. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, so it's this beautiful thing that I like, I mean, it's probably goes a lot off like Krishna, Hindu, Buddhist religion stuff. But yeah. I want to like bring it to a modern day place mm, okay. um, where a lot of people will immediately be like, oh, Buddhism. I heard about that when I was in fourth grade, I'm, you know, <laughs> pass, pass. <laughs> like, no one's going to read it. No one, no yeah, one right. reads anymore. First off, but I'm like, I want to make like, I'm starting to write books that are like the 20 app? to 25 pages. Mm. So a little bit longer than an article. Like it's going to be like a small pamphlet <laughs> about okay. me. I call it a book. <laughs> um, if you call it pamphlet, there's like a definite uh, stigma that comes along with that. <laughs> you want to have my pamphlet? No, I do not. Not Come join me in Gaia, Gaia, <laughs> <laughs> Jonestown, Guyana. <laughs> no, um, but it like, it wouldn't have any, any sort of like defined calls to action or name, like, like actions to do or people to follow or places to be. It'd be such vague guidelines of like, you should start like looking at other people and being like, they're valid. Mm-hmm. They are, they, they also assume like I am I. So you shouldn't mm-hmm. ever ask someone like, oh, what do you do? Like, what are you up to or what are you doing can totally be this thing. Like if like, oh, am I not doing enough right now? Mm-hmm. Or like, like it puts you on the defensive to ask someone a personal question about their life, sure. you know? Yeah. But it's an interesting point because that's how a lot of people connect to it. Right. Being like, oh, I know more about you, which you want to know about your students. You're like, I want to yeah. know. Like it's this weird um, human nature to, to know things, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, uh, I'm going to tie this back a little bit. There's a, speaking of, um, not Roger rabbit, Mr. Rogers, <laughs> which still, man, that makes me so happy. That that's where he went. Uh, there's a, uh, he, there was a profile of him in Esquire in like, 
uh, the magazine Esquire, which I don't even know if it exists anymore. Frankly, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm dating myself, but uh, <laughs> it was from the early 2000s or late 90s or something. And there was a, um, a journalist who went to interview him just to kind of get an idea and kind of followed him around for a couple of days. And he was asking him, but essentially, he was getting at the point of like, is this really who you are, or are you like, do you put on a face for the, you know, for the for the camera or whatever? Then um, he found him to essentially be like that's who he is all the time, or he was just like that with me because I, you know, I was there. But anyway, there's a point where he's asking him about, um, you know, becoming a good listener and like caring about other people. And Mr. Rogers has this quote where he essentially said, and it's a very, it's very much a throwaway quote in the article and probably to him too. But he said um, something, something along the lines of even just the two of us, like, I don't, you know, I, I'm, I've only just gotten to know you yet. I'm investing who you are and who you will be. And I can't help it. Um, and that's how I feel like I am in work. Where I'm it's investing like, who you are, who you are, and is, who you will be. I'm investing who you will be. Like I'm, I'm committing myself to wanting to know more oh, about cool, you, cool, and yeah. wanting to know who you're going to be, invested or where you're going in who to you be. Are. Invested yeah. in who you are. Okay, yeah, cool, cool. I'm investing in who you are and who you're going to be, and I can't help it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first two, like that, that makes sense to me because I'm like, yeah, somebody comes in and I like, immediately want to know, like, I don't want to just say like, take this class by two minutes. Yeah. Like, I want to know why you're here. Like, is it not, not, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to, but like, that's my goal is like, figure out, let's have a relationship. So I know stuff about you. So then when you come back, I can be like, how's your mom or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I'll say that and people are like, what? I'm like, oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but like, but so the first few lines make a lot of sense. But then the third line, when he says, I can't help it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's like, sometimes I, I think it would be easier if I could just be like, okay, come in, do this. Click, I'm hitting the table again, sorry. Click, check, check, check. Well, it's easier in the short done. term, but like long term, then you'd have these huge problems like, what am I doing with my dad? <laughs> right. You know? Um, but uh, but then not being able to like step away from wanting to really know a person, like not just wanting to have it be this one quick thing and done, but like, you know, yeah, I, I remember stuff from, and this is not like a, a, also a weird humble brag, I don't think, but I remember from when I first started working in higher ed, like I remember students from 15 years ago that I worked with. They probably have no recollection of me, nor should they, because it would be kind of weird, frankly, um, acknowledging that I have that weird recollection. But I'll remember stuff about like uh, a girl named Eleanor who uh, whose brother's name was um, Tim, who worked at a car dealership. And she had this road trip to Southern Oregon with her friends right before she came to school um, at Washington State when I worked there. Yeah. Um, and I remember- Because you can't help it, but yeah, remembering just, things. Like it's there because like yeah. I invested in who that person was. Mm-hmm. And I probably, I don't even spend- 10 years since that particular situation, but there's stuff that I remember from my first job that again, if I said that to them to their face, like if I saw them on the street and was like, Hey, you said this around this time. And I remember this about you. And this is your, like, this is your dad. Your dad's name is, uh, your dad's name. Your mom's name is Gloria. And well, I remember that from whenever. So and taking she, this to the, to the extreme, do you feel your worst when you don't have anyone around you to like invest or like you don't know anyone in the room or you don't great. have anyone who will like take you seriously like that's got to be like i imagine isolation is your personal hell well it's a it's a weird dichotomy because i'm a i'm a very hard introvert um like my but my, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy too and <laughs> by telling yourself that you're like all right i'm gonna you know but i mean i get i get my energy from not being around people okay like as much as i want to know somebody like even like doing this i'm like yeah and i'm animated and i'm into this and yeah. i'm going and it's you're not gonna go home and just like go under a blanket right i mean when i'm gonna walk out the door and fall on the floor probably because <laughs> this is all my energy being expended by being extroverted right now mm-hmm. and then i'm gonna be walking back to my office and be like oh my god oh. and it won't be that i had a bad time because i had a good time but it'll just be like i this is work for me to put energy out and to like, this sounds like an awful thing to say. It's work for me to have a conversation. Um, especially when I'm not the one fully in control of it to like have that going. So my nightmare to your question, (laughs) my nightmare is going to a party where I know nobody and there's 
50,000 people there and every one of them wants to talk to me. <laughs> that sounds like I would rather jump into a pit of fire. Yeah. Like, there's just nothing about that that I can even say, unless there's alcohol, because then I can create a persona where I can be like, ah, oh, this will be fine. Yeah. I always talk about whatever and it'll be okay. But if I'm there and I'm sober and there's that many people, I'm like, no, thank you. Um, but if I'm by myself, to kind of also your question, I'm by myself, like I'm most of the time, like that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm by myself for too long, then I'm like, I gotta go talk to somebody. Like even if it's even if it's uncomfortable talking, like I have to do it because I can't not talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm more comfortable and get my energy from being alone. But I also have to be if I'm gonna. I guess what it is, well, maybe everyone's on the spectrum somewhere, and it changes all right. the time. That's why like defining yourself is such a weird thing to be like I am this, and then it's another thing that you have to upkeep. Right. You know. Maybe for me, I guess it's that I don't see the value of an interaction with somebody if it's not going to mean something. Ah. If it's just like a, hey, how are you? Good, okay, cool, bye. Like that's a waste of energy for me because mm-hmm. it's, it's hard for me to have those conversations. Even that conversation is difficult for me to have because it expends yeah. energy. Yeah. But if you're gonna say, how are you? I'm not that great. Okay, let's have a 45 minute conversation. That's also exhausting, but it was worth it because then we know stuff about each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where the, the dichotomy comes into play. How long after not being with someone do you start feeling lonely? I'm like, okay, I need to go talk to someone because that's a weird thing. Like you yeah. can feel like so like you're around, like seeing your best friends for like a week straight and mm-hmm. then if you go three days without seeing anyone like the first day is very resting and like yeah. nice and i love it yeah. but after the third day you're like somebody <laughs> i was about maybe three i was gonna say three days probably is about where it is because first day is like recovery second day is like day for yourself mm-hmm. and then third day is like okay maybe this has been a little bit too long now. yeah we the half-life of happiness fulfillment security mm-hmm. is short yeah we mm-hmm. like as human beings just need to keep progressing and more 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 mm-hmm. more like it's hard to just be like and that's why I think the 10 day meditation retreat is going to be so good yeah, is to yeah, just yeah. be like, okay, I'm off. But what I really want to buy, I'd like to hear about that when you do it. Yeah. Me. Well, before that, I think my goal, uh, is I want to do isolation tanks. I want to get an isolation. Oh tank. yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I've never done it, but I have friends that have done it. Yeah, it kind of freaks me out. I haven't done it either, but mm-hmm. it sounds incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not even going to go rent my time and like do one. I'm yeah. just going to buy one someday. I <laughs> just really hope that I like that it. surprises me. Zero percent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just cause the idea of like meditation, it's just not enough stimulus. Like, okay, I'm only doing one thing where normally I'm like, I'm listening to a podcast and typing or like, and yeah, eating, yeah. you know, like I need multiple things. So going in nice relation tank, it's like doing something while you're meditating. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're also taking like a hot tub, warm bath kind of thing. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and I don't know why, but I just don't do well with just like sitting and just doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. I think again, it goes back to the Adderall point of like, I'm trying to do as much as I can right now. I'll rest later. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, which definitely gets burned out. Like a burnout is sure. such a real thing. Even yeah. if you love it. Oh yeah. We mm-hmm. need rest, but society mm-hmm. today is constructed to like, no, you're not supposed to rest. Yeah. Let me tell you what you need. <laughs> and then, and then you put up this front and like, okay, I'm not going to rest. I'm not going to rest. And then when we finally do crash, that's where depression comes from. Everyone's just in such deep rest because they've yeah. been trying themselves so hard. I'm like, I am going to be so eager to know where the world is in 10 years in terms of medication, mm-hmm. mental health, yeah. education, and what work looks like. Those four things I think are radically going to change for yeah. the better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope so <laughs> for the better. You hope so. Um, <laughs> a bunch of people say that it's funny. My, my laptop's at 13%. So I keep looking at sure, like, once <laughs> it gets at five, like I'm going to have to cut it just yeah. to make, make sure we don't lose anything. Um, it's all gold, man. It's all gold. Right. <laughs> uh, what was I just saying? Um, you were talking about buying a <laughs> sensory deprivation tank. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. And then in 10 years, I'm curious about what those, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So hopefully good. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of bad and things like, oh, like these evil billionaires, Jeff Bezos and this evil president Trump, um, doing a lot of bad again, mm-hmm. bad is good because there's this idea of called accelerationism where there's mm-hmm. this, um, super unknown idea, like, like 
philosophy. It's probably not true, but it's fun to think about. It's fun to just think. Um, <laughs> it's fun to think. And so what it is, it's like the they're, they're, people call it the regressive left instead of the progressive left because they want to go back to these old ideologies of like socialism and capitalism, or I mean of communism, which totally have valid. Like we do need socialist attributes like medical, uh, medical housing, food, water, basic mm-hmm. necessities, mm-hmm. education. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this idea of like that there's this trajectory that, that, uh, intelligence and consciousness goes through of mm-hmm. like the best way just to like do it. And so we just need to get to the end of capitalism mm-hmm. and like dragging it out by having all these rules that slow it down or regressing is like, it's yeah. eventually going to have to go through it again. So these people who are just like screwing over everything is going to get to this critical mass where everyone um, needs action and it gets to the next point. Like we have oh, to, you like need to forcing get to, us forward. Almost. Yeah. Like yeah. you needed, they needed to get to the end of communism to mm-hmm. realize it didn't work. And now we need to get to the end of capitalism to realize it doesn't work mm-hmm. to start the next one. It's like, mm-hmm. so again comes back to bad is good good is bad you'll you'll start noticing it everywhere in your life and it's i mean it's literally just yin yang yeah yeah. like it's like you know it it totally is but it's like a modern day take on it where you hear yin yang you're like fucking hippie (laughs) (laughs) Um, so so yeah i don't know i've got a lot of faith i really just hope that i think things change for the better slowly and things change for the worse quick so Mm. anyone that's trying to push for radical change very quickly i'm kind of against Mm, Um, because it's not Things aren't going to change better. And if they do change for the better, it's not going to be for the, like, I can't think like long of long term. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like it's like these slow, gradual changes that kind of add up and communities growing. I think the next big movement or po- um, politics or political party or religion or anything that comes up, I don't think mm-hmm. it'll be like this thing that's like, boom, changed. I think it'll be like the small group of people that like slowly grows and they're all just mm-hmm. living life in this new way. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the point where everyone's like unanimously like, oh, well, we're this now, mm-hmm. you know, rather than like this insider outsider comes with a lot of money. They're like, I'm going to create change. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I have a lot of Mars or something. Yeah. I'm excited mm-hmm. to talk to you and who knows a couple months or a year or something yeah. and see where our thoughts are at then, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. who knows if any of this is materialized, but, yeah. um, yeah, we just hit two hours and 15 ish minutes. I'm just two hours and 15 minutes. I mean, an hour and 15 oh, minutes. Like, Jesus Christ. I mean, not a complaint, but wow. <laughs> <That'd be absurd. laughs> My longest talk was three hours. Um, wow. Yeah, it was a really good friend of mine. He just kind of had a rough week, so he just kind of came down. We like played badminton because I got out of my house. Because <laughs> thank you for getting me into that. Um, <laughs> cooked some like kung pao chicken, and then we just like hung out and talked for like a long time. Nice. And that was like one of the most relaxing talks. But like Jason's today, his was an hour, but it was so like I mean like I was in tears at a certain point in it. Mm-hmm. Like that was draining. Dynamic. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. This I, one's I, like in between those two. This is yeah, like fine. I'm, I'm almost thinking. Solid like, B minus. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> well, I think all of them are wonderful, but yeah. um, I almost want to have like in the description, like spiciness level, like mm. ones where I'm just arguing about politics, like spicy. <laughs> um, and then like chill ones like this one, like medium, mm. you know, but yeah. then uh, people. Yeah. I don't know. Like that has a connotation of like rating the talks. Right. Sure. Um, but I might do it like just energy level. Cause mm. if you're like, okay, I'm going to be nighttime. I want to find a energy level three. I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. You know, mm. something, you know, like adding these different descriptions so people really know what they're getting into. The and they time always of day to listen to this. Yeah. The time of time of day keywords of like, Oh, like if you like these things and energy level, cause that's the most important thing. Like you don't want to listen to Alex Jones rant on Joe Rogan, <laughs> right? When you're going to sleep, you want to listen to Sam Harris, talk you to sleep <laughs> or, you yeah. know, Nelson. Mm. It's funny. I always, because of when I email you, it's Segra yeah. Nelson. I always think your first name's Segra. <laughs> yeah, I get like, that a lot. Do you? Yeah, all the time, all the time. <laughs> to the point where I'm just like, like, like numb to it, like immune to it. Like, yeah, okay. People come and be like, I'm meeting with Segra. I'm like, that's me. That's me. <laughs> Don't even correct it. Yeah, not anymore. And I, I get that like Nelson is more like a commonly used last name. 
So I think people hear that. I think like, that's oh, it's the Nelson family. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, do you have any calls to action? You want any final messages, things said? God, calls to action. You want people to follow you on social media? Come, uh, come for you to advising? God. Oh, the could advising s- part, sure. Could, Actually, I'm not supposed to take anybody else now. But. Wait. What about not like educational advisors? Because someone could someone just reach out to you with a question. Oh yeah, what am I gonna? I'm not gonna say no. I say what, yes to everything. What's so. your email? I won't even put it in the description. I'll make it so like people. If someone listens to this whole thing and like, I want that guy's advice <laughs> on my life. Like they can reach out. Yeah. Um, what's your home address? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I'll be tonight at five oh six. Um, so I mean, I guess you could just use my my Oregon State one. I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to do that. Cool. Uh, just it's my first name dot last name Nelson dot Uh Nelson, like Nelson Mandela and Seager, like people call me by my first name and it's not my first name. Uh, S I G R A H. I guess I had it uh, back. Maybe, maybe I thought it was, uh, Seager Nelson because mine was Gruber tie. Like I had my last yeah. name, then first name. So I figured it was your last name. Yeah. First my, name. my phone, like this is off topic, I guess, but, um, yeah, never mind. This is boring. Never mind. Never mind. That's a boring. That was terrible. Uh, I was going to say, so yeah, yeah. I general, general life advising. Sure. I can give you options. Happy cool. to do it. Um, I would say the, 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 this is like a like a tie-in, like kind of a thing. Um, something to do with the being generous and being grateful, but also like the Mr. Rogers stuff. Uh, there was a he won a lifetime achievement um, Emmy, like morning, like morning Emmy or whatever they call him, a daytime Emmy, I think. Uh, and when he did his uh, speech that he was doing, uh, one of the things he asked the audience to do, like after he said all his thank yous and stuff, was, um, "I want everybody to take ten seconds and think about a person who got them to where they are today." Uh, whether that is like physically, like literally physically, or whether it's to that job that they have now, or just a, f- a feeling they have or the belief in themselves or whatever. Somebody that encouraged you to be the person that you are now in any way, shape or form, take 10 seconds and think about that person. You don't have to think anything particular about them. Just think about who they are and think about how that makes you feel that they helped with that scenario. And I find that if you do that, um, even 10 seconds, which seems like a really short amount of time, but if let's say you think about, you know, your grandmother or your best friend or whatever for 10 seconds. Or you. Or you. <laughs> yeah. You think about that for 10 seconds. Um, and then at the end of that, he says, um, uh, he keeps time and it's a legitimate 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then he says, think about how great it must feel for that person that you thought about to know that they made such a difference for you. Um, so it's like a think about how they helped you, but also how great it is for them. Um, so that's kind of going back to your. Does he tell them reach out and tell them thank you? He doesn't say that, which I would incur. I would yeah. add to that. Yeah, to do that. Um, because <laughs> not that I'm trying call to call up your mom, people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> tell question. her you love her. <laughs> <laughs> not to question my hero, but I would have thrown that out in the end. It's like yeah, tell them because like you can think about it all you but want. See, that's but not also. questioning people. That's like adding to. Like we, right. yeah, I th- that's, yeah that's where it, like listening versus like people think it's like you're rolling over him. It's like, no, I'm taking what he's saying and building on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what he says is beautiful, but yeah, you should yeah. also, you should tell so him. to do that. Yeah, because it feels good. And thank it, you for helping me get here, man. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. Happy right. to do it. Yeah. Lots of love. Take care, everyone. Yeah, me too.